The title of today's podcast is Your Life for His Kingdom and His Glory. I want to show you through the scripture that Jesus, his entire message was focused on his kingdom. In fact, he said that was the purpose and that was the reason why he was born, to preach the kingdom of God. You can find that in Luke 4, verse 43. In John 18, starting with verse 36, we read another response that Jesus made to Pilate when Pilate was talking to him about why the Jews had turned him over to be prosecuted. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I would not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And we know from other scriptures that Jesus is the only way that we enter into the kingdom of God. In Colossians 1 verse 13, we read, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And while sometimes I use the idea of two kingdoms with my younger students, I talk about the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. But in reality, there is only one kingdom, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the sun, the kingdom of God. We know that the darkness it has been set up as a false kingdom under the rule of the God of this age, who is Satan. But it's not in reality a true kingdom. It's never mentioned that way in the scripture. So it'd be more accurate to talk about the kingdom of light. And so coming back to the title of this podcast, your life for his kingdom and his glory. How do we manifest the kingdom of light in our own lives so that we are distinct and people see something different in us from what is represented outside the kingdom of light in the world. In Luke 12, 32, we read that Jesus said, it's the father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So what is the kingdom? Let's talk about that. Jesus said he came to preach the kingdom. We can look through the gospels and we can see that he taught about the kingdom mostly in parables. And when the disciples asked him about this, why you speak in parables, he said, because the secrets of the kingdom had been given to them, his disciples, and not to others. And that's how he chose to reveal the kingdom principles to the world. But in private, he would clarify the meaning of the parables to his disciples so that they could understand the principles that he was teaching. So the entire time that Jesus walked on the earth, that he was walking among people and teaching his disciples, he was teaching them the principles of the kingdom, what it looks like to be part of the kingdom of God. And we know that he was sent to heal the sick, to release the prisoners from captivity, to free all of those who were oppressed of the enemy, and to bring life and that life more abundantly. So we want to know how do we in practice live this out. The first thing we need to realize is that we don't live this out in our own strength, right? Because if we did that, then it's religion. 
religion assumes that you can live by a particular doctrine or tradition of man and you can live a good life by doing things that are prescribed and dictated by religion. So religious beliefs, religious practices, that's what Jesus was up against the entire time during his earthly walk. He continually found himself up against the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day. They were the church of the day, and they could not grasp what he was saying. And ultimately, they ended up killing him for his message of the kingdom. And as Jesus taught, his kingdom looks very different. In fact, it is completely opposite to the way things are done in the world system under the God of this age. He gives us several references about the fruit of the spirit and what that looks like in a believer's life, as opposed to what the works of the devil are and what his kingdom looks like as it's practiced in and through the sons of disobedience. So we want to come back to our idea of the kingdom and how we are to reflect his kingdom in our daily lives, that it is not a matter of our own strength. So then whose strength is it? We know that when we live in according to the principles of the word that he gave us, we live as sons of God. And we know that because in scripture, Paul tells us who are the sons of God. Those are those people who walk according to the spirit. And Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. So the degree that we live our lives in accordance with his word, that is the degree to which we are walking in his light, in his kingdom. In Romans 14, verse 7, we're told that the kingdom is not a matter of the things of the world. He was talking about food and how people were harming other people because they were eating foods that they considered to be unholy because they had been sacrificed in pagan rituals. And Paul corrected them and he said, if your brother is harmed by something that you are eating, then you are not living according to kingdom principles because the kingdom is greater than bread, right? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. He's told us, he continued to tell us in that verse that righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, that's the kingdom. That's the kingdom that we are to be living under that kingdom that is a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So in Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 1, we get some insight about how we are to live this kingdom life. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So that's the whole secret. And that's the secret that's even apparent in the title that the Lord gave me for this podcast, your life for his kingdom and glory. So in order to live in his kingdom, we are dead to ourselves. We are hidden in Christ. And it is Christ himself who wants to live and reign and rule through us. That's the secret. 
That's why we can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, because we are relying on him to do the work to live out his life through our lives. We are no longer living for ourselves. And that's how we're not going to look like the world anymore. Because when people see us, they're going to see Jesus, because that's who wants to live and reign through us. It's not a matter of us reigning and ruling, even though we're told that in him, yes, that is our destiny as sons of God on this earth. We do reign and rule. We reign and rule because we reign and rule. He reigns and rules through our bodies, which are his vessels, his temple. We are a holy temple of the living God. And that's the whole distinction between us and the world. We actually, where the world would say, it's every man for himself. We have to beat out the competition. It's all about us, you know, getting to the top, no matter how we do it. The kingdom of God is completely opposite. In the kingdom of God, we actually lay down our lives and surrender. And we say, God, I've tried to do it my way. And I have failed and I recognize that I need you and I want you to live your life through me. So right now in every area of my life, I submit it to you and I choose to make you Lord so that you rule and reign through my life. And that when people see me, they see your kingdom. They see what it's like to live in the kingdom because they see you through my life. They see that I'm not doing the same things that they do. I'm not speaking the same things that the world speaks. I'm not listening to the same thing that the world listens to. My kingdom is from another world. Just like Jesus said, that's our kingdom. His kingdom is our kingdom because we are in Jesus Christ and we are living his kingdom right now. We are living in his kingdom right now because his kingdom is within us. And so for this reason, we can have boldness. We can have boldness because we aren't living our lives. We aren't pushing our own agenda. What we've done is absolutely opposite to that. We have said, I don't have an agenda any longer. My agenda is to submit my life to his agenda in every area of life. In closing, I want to share a personal testimony of how I was able to live this out in my own life. Some of you may have heard my testimony from two years ago, where I was really convicted by the Lord to begin seeking him with all my heart because I knew I was missing something. My life was full of compromise. My life looked just like the world's from the outside, even though I went to church every Sunday, I was in Bible study, I did daily devotions, but my life was still full of compromise. And in particular, that one area of compromise that the Lord spoke to me about was in my, my wine drinking. And I was drinking every night. I knew it wasn't honoring to God. It wasn't like I could just have one glass of wine. I was drinking three glasses of wine, sometimes up to a whole bottle by myself every night. And I struggled with this for years. I knew in my spirit that it was wrong. I knew I wasn't honoring God. But I was really, if you really want to cut to the chase, I didn't want to give it up. I liked my wine and I, and I chose to continue it because the word says that if we, if we trust him, we can overcome any sin. So I want to share just a little bit of how I did that 
when God first brought that to my mind, I agreed with him as because I, I had been fighting this for a long time. So when I made the decision to seek him with all my heart and he brought that to my mind, I immediately said, I agree with you, God. I know that's not honoring to you. And I want, I want this to be out of my life for good. And yet it would take me about eight or nine more months after I made that agreement with God to finally make the decision to quit. It took me that long. And I, I really want to make that point because it's a decision that we have to make. We have to first come into agreement with God and say, I recognize this area of my life that you're highlighting is not honoring to you. And I want to bring it into submission to you, God, help me do that. And so I asked for his help and, but I wasn't going to be disingenuous, <laughs> disingenuous with, with the Lord. I mean, he knows our motives and our heart, all of our motives and our, and our heart. And so I wasn't going to be disingenuous and say, I'm going to stop it right now because I wasn't ready yet. I hadn't gotten to that point. It took eight more months, eight or nine more months. And I actually got my drinking got worse during that time. Like it was a problem between my husband and I, he had asked me to stop. He told me he didn't like the way that I became after I had two or three glasses of wine. And yet even that would not, would not cause me to stop. I love my husband and I honor him and I love him dearly. But as we all know, that decision has to come within. It can't come from external pressure. And so I continued on for eight or nine months until I was ready to make that decision. And so, as I mentioned, it, get, it got worse during that time. It's almost like a part of me. I knew I was going to have to stop. I knew I was going to stop. And so I was getting out every last bit of enjoyment that I thought I had with that wine drinking. But it finally came to a head on December 30th, 2020. And I overdid it for the last time. And the next morning, I was so disgusted with myself that that was what prompted me to finally say, okay, God, I give it to you now. I'm ready. So I made that decision. You see, I first started with an agreement with God that it was wrong behavior, but I wasn't willing to let it go quite yet. It would take nine more months for me to get to a point where I said, I made a decision and that decision was to stop and it couldn't be like decisions I had made in the past because so many times in the past I had said, okay, I'm never drinking again. I'm never drinking again. And usually it would happen after a night of overindulgence. And, and of course, after two or three weeks, I was right back drinking as I always had done. So I knew it had to be something more than just me and my willingness, but it all started with my decision. And once I gave that decision to God, I said, God, I can't do this on my own, but I know that in your strength, I can do all things. That's what your word tells me. And he gave me that verse, actually, that really helped me to walk this out. So it became much more than just a mantra or something I said superficially. I actually embodied that verse. And when I would feel the temptation, I would see um, the temptation around me. That's what got me through. I would just simply go inside and I would into, into myself and I would say, I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that in you, I have the victory. And that's what it means to walk in the kingdom. So I hope that my illustration helped you to make this a practical reality in your own life. And I pray that this encourages you and blesses you as you step into the calling that he is destined for you. In Jesus' name.